Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help you. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. So to save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com today. Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Yo, 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 what's up? Cannibalism everywhere. I'm checking the news. There are cannibalism in, uh, has broken out in a number of states with the stock market doing what it did yesterday. So people have uh, turned to the tasty flesh of their neighbor. Well, it's the only thing that's available. I've warned you for years that this moment was coming. I am prepared. Are you? Actually, um, actually, the point of my uh, my mockery is that uh, let's let's uh, let's all let's all get a little dose of realism around all this stuff, right? Uh, if you're over a certain age, you've lived through a bunch of recessions. You don't even remember them. Big freaking deal. Uh, the world didn't come to an end. You you ate hardly another any human being. <laughs> Or pets <laughs> during the time. Your your 401k was lower, but it came back like in 18 months or two years or whenever, depending on the recession, and everything's fine. So, Yeah, or five years or seven years, depending on which downturn you're yeah. talking about. Yeah, no, some of the downturns take a while. And if you are of a certain age, it is a problem. But if you're not of a certain age, it's really not, it's really not a thing. I'm not well, dipping I- into my 401k almost certainly until it comes back. Yeah. Now, people live in paycheck to paycheck uh, during these inflationary times because we're setting records now. Well, that's the Um, inflation as opposed to the stock market, though. Yes, that is definitely a different situation. 
Right, right. Um, so, yeah, oh, in terms of the market, yeah. And, and honestly, if you've done a decent job planning for your retirement and you're close to retirement, you have a comparatively smaller amount of your assets in volatile stocks and that sort of thing. You got it more in bonds and that sort I, of thing. Yeah, well, maybe you did. I went all Dogecoin. All wow. I called my broker 401k. The entire thing went Dogecoin yeah. November of last year. It was really bad what? timing looking back on it. Well, you got cojones. I'll give you that. You know what? You stuck your neck out. What are you going to do? Anyway, oh, but back to the inflation thing. People living paycheck to paycheck. This is going to be extremely difficult for a year, two years, five years. Nobody's sure exactly. Um, The rest of us are going to have to live life a little closer to the bone, as they say. Not sure what that expression means, uh, but uh, (laughs) it's... You know, our, 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 uh, you know, everything's gonna like move up a scale, uh, or up a level. What used to be meh, like hamburger helper, is gonna be a pretty nice dinner tonight, honey. You know, and, and that which was a once a week luxury, nice steak, yeah, it's a once a month luxury. And, and on outward, those 732 subscriptions you have to stuff you don't even remember, mm-hmm. maybe you look into that and, and cut a bunch of them. That's interesting. The whole eating out thing, which for my childhood was always more or less a special occasion, became for lots of families over the years the way you eat. Yeah maybe more than half the time and that will probably change yeah almost certainly almost certainly uh which is fine i suppose i just uh, the one thing i don't have any patience for and honestly i've heard that much of it is people whining a lot about not being able to live that uh, affluent uh, yuppie lifestyle quite as comfortably that's just never been part of human history you know be grateful when times are good and when times are tougher you know maybe go back to the people in your life, the great outdoors, uh, the good book, whatever brings you solace. Consumerism is hollow. Now, I've been rich and I've been poor. And trust me, I like rich better. But consumerism is not where you're going to find joy in life no. anyway. So we'll, we'll be fine. Beyond not worrying about your bills, there's not a lot of joy there no. um, in, in, uh, in having more money. But, man, I was listening to an interesting podcast a couple of weeks ago. I've been meaning to bring this up. With a guy making the point, and I think he's absolutely right, we are still suffering in this country from the blip that was the 50s and not recognizing the blip that it was. And everybody acts like that's kind of the baseline normal state of things, and anything less than that is a failure of whichever party is controlling the government at the time. And it is a blip in so many different ways coming out of World War II where, and they gave the percentages, I wish I'd have written them down, practically all of the manufacturing on planet Earth had been destroyed that wasn't the United States. Right. With with all of Europe and uh, and, and what happened to Russia and Germany and everything, you know, you know that story. And we had a good run there where we were just, we were the provider of everything for planet Earth. And we're just... The, the increase in lifestyle was so fast in the whole, you know, you roll out of high school and you get a job with GM and you're making lots of money and everything just keeps going up and keep getting better and everything like that. That was a blip. That was a completely unsustainable weirdo time that we benefited from. Yet psychologically, 
we still look at that as like the baseline and it, and right. things less than that are a failure and it's wrong and until we can break out of that psychology we're we're always going to have political problems yeah i would agree i've been saying that for years and years uh, yeah at the same time you know the forces of globalism um and their uh, goals and rewards, which are different than the goals and rewards of the average working person, are definitely in a tug of war in terms of policy and our, and our national fate and where that goes. Who knows? The other side of that blip also, not only was it a time when the United States just dominated you know, the economic engine of the planet and, and everybody benefited, we lived so much more frugally. Mm-hmm. People who want to go back to a 50s lifestyle... Um, in terms of the economy, aren't willing to go back to the reality of families living in really small homes and having one car and vacationing in short drives and all and never eating out and all kinds of different things that we don't that we don't do now. We have we have just ridiculously unrealistic expectations for what what our lo- the average life should be. The average life should be you get to fly fancy places on vacations several times a year. You have several newish cars. You have all kinds of electronics. You have a giant yeah. house, which is air conditioning. You eat air out all the time, yeah. and that—that's mm-hmm. what—that's what everybody expects for the average life. Well, that—that that just is might turn out to not be realistic. Yeah, yeah. Expectations, one of the most powerful forces in in human, uh, you know, life, whether it's politics or economics or whatever. Um, it's amazing the effect uh, it can have. If you took, like, I can think of all kinds of examples of people. You could take just like a regular middle-class lifestyle from a couple of years ago. You take the size of the house, uh, their backyard, their eating out, the vacations they take, and you you took a family from the 50s and showed them that middle-class family, and they'd think, holy cow, who who, who are these gazillionaires that live this lifestyle? It's the richest family in town. Yeah, with that lifestyle. and and honestly, our quote unquote poor people live better than ninety nine percent of people uh, through the history of the world. Honestly, and and like ninety percent of the the people who are on the planet right now. I wonder if we just need to go through, and it'll be painful for everybody, including me. I wonder if we just need to go through a series of resets, like we kind of started in two thousand eight, of resetting expectations, resetting. You know, how often you get a car or how big your house is or what kind of vacations you take. All these things we just need to reset back to a reasonable, manageable, can be sustained by any economy level. I wonder if that's what's going to happen over, would it take generations? I don't know. Yeah, that's an interesting question. I mean, because that's a variable piled on a variable. What events are going to happen globally, economically, etc.? Uh, and then, you know, how will it affect day-to-day life in the U.S. and what psychological effect that'll have? It'll it'll change because it always changes and always has changed. But um, given the fact that we've talked about this for years, wouldn't you say that it's been demonstrated that the average family was living an unrealistic lifestyle? In if you look at credit card debt versus money saved up and all, yes. all these different things we, we we have been as a as a as a just regular run of the mill family we've been living out beyond our means like my whole adult life 
Yeah, I would I would say we've been living at the end of the limb. Certainly, we have abandoned the long time, you know, fiscal financial principles that American families have had, which is that there's going to be a rainy day. And so you have to have a nest egg. You have to save your money. You save up money to make a purchase. You don't buy on on credit. That's too risky. That was seen as not only a, a, a financial principle, but a moral principle for a long time. Do we get closer to that? I don't know. Yeah, I think you're right. uh, Beyond our means is overstating it. We were living like right at the edge of our means. And the problem with that, of course, is, as we anybody has ever done this knows, first bad thing that happens, then you're in trouble. That's the way we have been living as a country. And and hey, guess what? It turns out our government reflects that. And the government has been living at the very end of its means. And the first giant calamity that comes along is going to send us into a panic also. But hey, that's a different topic. Well, yeah, it is. Although I think we're halfway down that road at this point, because as I've been yelling about for years and nobody cares, um, including you folks, perhaps, I don't know. Ah, uh, we have accumulated this enormous amount of debt at record low interest rates. And when interest rates rise, that amount of debt is going to become either unserviceable or so painful to service to pay the interest payments on that it is going to seriously cut into the function of the federal government. And we are are pretty much at the doorstep of that period right now. The question is, the next question is, will politicians make the uncomfortable steps to deal with that new reality, or will they continue to print money, fake money, uh, and to try to pretend that that's not happening and sow the seeds of an even bigger problem? Well, it's all got to be tied together. I've always thought this, that psychologically, if if we're willing to live at the very ends of our means, we allow a, our government to live at the very ends of its means. And I wonder if psychologically through all this, maybe we turn back the clock somewhat. As I was just thinking about, it, it takes, took, maybe not in the future, but it took, in re- recent years, it took guts to live in a house less than you can afford, to drive a car less than you can afford, to do vacations less than you can afford. It takes a certain amount of guts because you have to, you know, ignore the social pressure of friends and family in your social circle of not having as cool a stuff as they do. I know, I've done it. Um, driving always used cars, not particularly very nice and that sort of stuff. It's it's a thing. But it used to be like an admired quality, like in my parents' generation. And I wonder mm-hmm. if we go back to that sometime, the idea that, yeah, yeah, that's pretty smart of old Jim over there to, you know, drive a modest used car and live in a house that size as opposed to having the newest, biggest thing you can find all the time. There's a lot, you know, this just we we allow the societal pressure to drive that. And again, I think it's reflected in the government. Well, I notice you've uh, you're wearing pants that seem to have been crafted from the newspaper. So right. I admire that. Well done. Right. Yeah. Newspaper well. print. Yeah. Use yeah. socks. Get on your, uh, you know, because it's kind of hot. Does the ink get on your, uh, you know? I get used region? socks at the Goodwill. I count the holes. I have a two-hole limit. <laughs> More than two holes, I won't buy them. You throw away a one-hole pair, you're just being hoity-toity as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> oh, dainty, aren't we? Uh, More on the way. Text line, you have any comment on this? 415-295-KFTC.
The Armstrong and Getty Show. One quick text we just got on the conversation we were just having about the economy, and I wonder if we're going through a, a reset of uh, expectations and lifestyle and everything like that that's going to come out of this inflation, which would be good for the good for everybody, uh, actually, and good for society. But we got a text of delayed gratification does not just make you a better lover; it works on everything. That's true. That's true. Mm. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, coming up, if you care on every, on any level, rather, about little boys and their health and happiness, you've got to hear this email about uh, the current state of schools in America, uh, especially in terms of little boys. Also, there is a new loyalty oath that college teachers need to take in California. They are actually making you sign what amounts to an, a loyalty oath to a certain point of view if you want to teach. It is crazy but first a special feature entitled i haven't come up with a title let's call it where's the controversy where's the controversy exactly so oh and that reminds me i'm gonna bring up the you know what market again michael and i hope you're ready for it all right it's not the bull market it's the other one we've tasked michael with coming up with a special sound for that next time we talk about it anyway So, Lizzo, Jack, the great musical artist Lizzo, has a new song out, a new single called Girls, G-R-R-R-L-S. Full-figured pop singer, if I remember correctly. I'd say full-figured and a half. But anyway, uh, I'm going to read you her statement and then the lyrics of the song, and you tell me why she had to change it. Am I it is, dreaming this? Joe just said, I'll read you Lizzo's statement. Okay. Right. It's been brought to my attention that there's a harmful word in my new song, Girls. Let me make one thing clear. I never want to promote derogatory language. As a fat black woman in America, I've had so many hurtful words used against me. I understand the power words can have. Uh, I'm proud to say there's a new version of Girls with a lyric change. This is the result of me listening and taking action. XOXO Lizzo. Okay. Here are the lyrics. The ones I can read to you. Biatches. Uh, biatches. Uh, uh-huh. Hold my bag, biatch. Hold my bag. Do you see this S? I'm a spaz. I'm about to knock somebody out, girls. Yo, where my best friend? She the only one I know to talk me off the deep end. Because that's my girl. We codependent. If she with it, then I'm with it. Yeah, we tussle. Mind your business. Zuzu, zuzu, zuzulu. That's my girl. We CEOs and dancing like a CEO. We about to throw them bows. <laughs> I like let's, that line. Let's F it up. <laughs> now, there's more to it, but Jack, I never thought catch? of writing dancing hoes with CEOs. That's a pretty good one. <laughs> we dancing like CEOs. Uh, so, have you figured out what is the offensive lyric? No, I don't know which of those words is offensive. It was an ableist slang term. She is guilty of being ableist for using the term spaz. Oh, okay, right. I've heard that before, right? Uh, da, da, da. My disability cerebral palsy writes, one tweeter is literally classified as spastic diplegia. Spaz is an ableist slur. Do better. It's 2022. All right. Interesting. So she had to apologize. 
And she changed the lyric. She's still dancing like a CEO, which is interesting. <laughs> so you said if you care about boys, stay tuned. Indeed. If you care about Ukraine, stay tuned also. If you miss an hour of the show, grab the podcast, Armstrong and Getty On Demand. Armstrong and Getty. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash iHeart. That's LifeLock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Hey, it's Danielle, Will, and Ryder from Pod Meets World. Thanks to our friends at Hyundai, we were able to record a very special episode for you guys at the one and only, wait for it, Boy Meets, Meets World House. House. Take a listen. We are lucky to be sitting with Alan and Amy Matthews in the flesh, William, Rusty Russ, and Betsy Randall. Yay! Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Yes. When those legends get here, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> you're here. You're here already. No. Uh, we didn't either when we were watching yeah, this that's day. The that's we the problem. We didn't realize it until we uh, oh. started getting into seasons three and four, and now we're like, oh, my God. We were both so good on the show, and we missed it because we were we young. We were kids and, and so self-involved. Egomaniacs yeah. and <laughs> didn't realize well, no, how great you were. We've talked about it. I think you just assumed everybody was as good as them. And, right. and then right. you get into right. as you grow up and you work with other actors, you realize how oh. lucky we were yeah. to have you guys. This has been brought to you by the fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5. New episode out now. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. 
Russia, which is invading Ukraine, and one thing Bernie and I agree is that Putin sucks. So, and I, I Biden, assume you concede that point. I'm not in favor of the vulgarity, but okay. the intent is correct. All right. <laughs> what a charmingly odd moment that is. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I, I actually am more on Bernie's side on that than Lindsey Graham's. I, I, I think our uh, senators should use more elevated language than Putin sucks. This whole appeal to the lowest common denominator thing that we've moved into, particularly on the right, when I believe that conservatism is an actual philosophy, mm-hmm. bothers me. Yeah, interesting point. And uh, more to come from that debate uh, that was held at the Kennedy Center, not the, the not the performing arts one, but the Edward Kennedy Center in Boston uh, between Bernie and Lindsey Graham. It, I thought it was charming in a lot of different ways and healthy in a lot of different ways. More on that to come. Yeah, good. Um, yeah, good. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Bernie. So I touched on this this piece of writing by Adrian Gaddy a few days ago. I can't remember when exactly. Uh, the title is, Are Schools Contributing to Skyrocketing ADHD Diagnoses? And it is such an interesting uh, bit of writing, and we'll post it or repost it at armstrongandgetty.com, where he talks about the history of kindergarten. And how early childhood education, for most of its history, was literally, you know, to translate the German phrase, it's a child's garden. It's an opportunity to play, explore, to look at butterflies, to run around, to hear stories. Not so that their reading comprehension can be tested, but just to hear a story because stories enliven the soul and make you want to learn more and make you curious and that sort of thing. And uh, and the story opens with this uh this child who's being tested for ADHD and the, the forms and the tests and the diagnosis and blah, blah, blah. And then he reveals in paragraph three, the child is five years old. And one section of it is entitled Diagnosing the Child Instead of the Instruction. And and he makes the point that um, uh, back in the earlier days of childhood education, these kids wouldn't be diagnosed with ADHD, not only because modern psychiatry didn't exist, because they would never be placed in a situation where it would ever manifest itself. Right. Which is not to deny that it is occasionally a significant problem for individual children. On the other hand, I've maintained for a very, very long time, having been close to this, uh, that is, it's, it's way overdiagnosed. Uh, in response to that, we got a note from, I can't remember if we're allowed to use her name. Why don't we just say uh, Aileen Anonymous? I mean, it's, it's longish, but I just thought it was so amazing. Um, and we're going to get to, at some point, I hope this half hour, this new loyalty oath that you have to take to teach in California colleges, community colleges, I think it is, um, where you have to sign on to the new woke ideology. And schools have become so political and so perverse, and I don't think a lot of parents get that, or they think it's just extra dramatic right-wing talk radio ranting. I'm, I'm not trying to do that here. I'm trying to protect kids. So here's the note from uh, Alien Anonymous. Uh, we were thrilled when our six-year-old son was given a coveted first-grade spot at a highly regarded charter school, and we're pro-charter schools around here. He'd had a positive experience in both French preschools and American kindergarten. They were uh, stationed overseas there for a while. So we were completely unprepared for the barrage of calls from the principal that would ensue. This non-exhaustive list of the types of offenses that got him sent to the principal. So again, after great experiences um, in, in previous schools, 
Uh, the six-year-old all of a sudden is constantly being sent to the principal. Here are some of the offenses. Throwing his lunch bag in the air and catching it. Running on the blacktop. Going up the stairs two steps at a time. His friend pretending that his bright yellow penguin-shaped plastic lunch chiller was an ice gun. Standing with one foot partially inside the classroom before the teacher arrived. And the only one that actually merited a call from the principal getting involved in a fight on the playground. But don't get me started on the playground. No running on the blacktop. No running on the grass when it's wet. Yep. yep. No no climbing on the monkey bars. I no game, this. No games of tag because it's, quote, too violent. Yep. At one point, they even banned soccer at recess because it was deemed too violent. There were dozens. There were the dozens of emails back and forth with his teacher about how sometimes he didn't finish the endless stream of worksheets she'd hold out and how he had a hard time sitting still and staying quiet. Again, this child is six years old. Needless to say, his teacher, the principal, and school counselor were all aggressively pushing to us to get him tested for ADHD and put him on meds so that he would be, quote, more compliant in the classroom. But, and this part is critical, it's always presented under the guise that they are his support team, and they desperately want to help him achieve his best. In fact, that's the only thing they want, but they just can't do that if he's not going to sit still and be quiet. We'd tell him he doesn't have an inability to concentrate, that he'll sit for hours and complete a massive Lego project. He just gets bored at school. No, you'll see, they'll retort. The test will show that he suffers from ADHD, and the meds will change his comportment overnight like magic. Trust them, they know. Look how highly rated their school is. Well, that's really interesting, mentioning the Lego thing. I wonder if that could become a test for this sort of thing, because I have a similar situation where... Clearly, if you can spend an hour and a half working on a long, complicated Lego project and stick with it, that's a sign of something. Uh, yes, it absolutely is. Um, I would later learn that the parents of most of the boys in the class were under the same pressure. Uh, you know, as long as you brought that up, I-, I will tell you this. One of the reasons I'm so passionate about uh, about this topic is that this uh, this email could be describing me. As a six-year-old and a seven-year-old and an eight, was, nine, and ten-year-old. That little boy was you. I uh, I would never say anything that jivey, Jack. But yeah, that's more more or less what I was driving at. Uh, my I remember my mom saying to me in my early-ish teen years, might have been toward the beginning of high school. She said, uh, "Joe, uh, you you seem to have never-ending energy and concentration for things you're interested in, and none at all for things you're not interested in." <laughs> And she was absolutely right. She might have not have said not at all. She probably said very little because my mom, God rest her soul, was a very gentle and uh, and kind person. Um, but she was absolutely right. And honestly, it's one of the most important things anybody ever said to me because uh, though my self-discipline is different, I almost said better, but it's just different than it used to be. Um, I realized she was right and that I'd better fashion my life around the things I'm passionate about. Because I would not be able to fake my way through a workday. It would be impossible for me. Mm. And so I, you know, I made certain decisions based on that. But I absolutely um, was the little boy who could not sit still unless I was being challenged. Endless repetitions of things I already figured out. Oh, it was torturous for me. And I, I no, and I 100% would have been diagnosed with something or other. Um, anyway. And put on a drug, and who knows how that affects you the rest of your life. Yeah, no kidding. 
Anyway, back to this absolutely wonderful and, and troubling email. Within a matter of months, our previously very happy little boy was made to feel like he was, quote, bad at school, oh. his words, and that he was a bad kid. It broke my heart to drop him off and see his little body slump down with impending doom as he approached the school building each morning. Bottom line, their pedagogy simply can't cope with normal, energetic six-year-old boys, especially bright ones who suffer mainly from what they see as uselessly repetitive work. Amen, sister. Amen. We had no intention of putting our son on their ADHD conveyor belt, but we weren't going to leave him there miserable to fight the system either. We pulled him out of that prestigious charter school and put him in a private school that champions old-fashioned values. Kids are allowed to run free at recess, to make up their own games and hierarchies. They get dirty. Heck, the playground even has old-school metal climbing frames, and occasionally kids do get hurt. So they learn to be more careful the next time around. If children are getting unruly in class, teachers send them out to do laps around the schoolyard. And if children misbehave, they'll actually be disciplined. This past week, our son finished fifth grade there with high academic honors, and more than one of his teachers has told us he's the brightest kid they've worked with in their decades of teaching. He's flourished in that environment where they understand that kids need to burn off energy and that many children, especially little boys, are simply not built to sit still and keep quiet for hours on end. So I couldn't agree more with the pediatrician who wrote that we need to be diagnosing the schools instead of the children, except I'd add that his notion should be expanded well beyond kindergarten into the upper elementary school years. I often wonder, especially whether, whenever it's revealed that the latest school shooter has spent most of his young lifetime on ADHD drugs, or mm. we hear about the latest college student to OD on fentanyl-laced pills that they thought were cheap Adderall, for every imaginative, energetic child like our son, how many are out there whose parents trusted that system and needlessly medicated their perfectly normal kid because the school said they were problematic? How much creativity and inventiveness have been snuffed out of the last generation in the name of quietly completing worksheet after worksheet after or worksheet ad infinitum end of rant yeah well maybe we don't give out an email of the year but if we did that might be it maybe we're preparing uh a generation of workers to do jobs that are filling out worksheet after worksheet after worksheet since that's a lot of what people end up doing now um yeah that you never hear me stand up for this but uh the reason for a lot of that stuff is just where we are with lawyers, they they don't they don't let kids run on the grass if it rained yesterday. Not because they're mean, because the lawyers told them if somebody slips and falls, we're going to get sued for eight million dollars. So don't let the kids run on the grass, or play on the monkey bars, or do any of those things, which is just insane. You combine that with a I don't know twenty five thirty year trend of pathologizing the legitimate the healthy behavior of little boys who are built yeah. to move. They're gifted with enormous amounts of energy by God or or nature or uh, evolution or whatever you want to call it. And and the extremely female centric view of education is that there's something wrong with those little boys. They should sit still and be quiet. And it's obscene it's a crime anyway end of my rant as well so we teased a couple of things that are really good joe did another thing i want to get to is what mcdonald's spends to make a hamburger came out somehow and the reaction by marxists (laughs) in my opinion is pretty interesting and the pushback to that is a good little economic lesson we can all enjoy a little bit later 
Also, I, I, t- I touched on the idea of like the fact that I think conservatism is an actual, you know, deep philosophy as opposed to um, trying to be the most regular beer drinking, pickup truck driving guy you can possibly be. That's not a philosophy. I've got a great example of that I want to get to during the show at some point today. And the loyalty oath I mentioned for California community colleges, it is shocking. Maybe we'll kick off hour three of the show with that. Okay, lots of stuff on the way. Stay here. Armstrong and Getty. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, it's Danielle, Will, and Ryder from Pod Meets World. Thanks to our friends at Hyundai, we were able to record a very special episode for you guys at the one and only, wait for it, Boy Meets World House. Take a listen. We are lucky to be sitting with Alan and Amy Matthews in the flesh, William, Rusty Russ, and Betsy Randall. Yay! Thank you. Thank you. Those legends get here. Let me know. <laughs> <laughs> you're here. You're here already. No, uh, we didn't either when we were watching yeah, this. That's, day. Day. that's we the didn't problem. Realize it until we uh, started getting into seasons three and four, and now we're like, oh my god, you were both so good on the show, and we missed it because we were we young, were kids, and, and so self-involved, egomaniacs, yeah. and <laughs> didn't realize well, no, how great you were. We've talked about it. I think you just assumed everybody was as good as them, and, right. and then right. you get into right. as you grow up and you work with other actors, you realize how lucky we were to have you guys. This has been brought to you by the fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5. New episode out now. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I read that there's a growing number of high-ranking Democratic officials who do not want President Biden to run for re-election. Biden believes that he can get back on track by crafting a tight, concise message. And then he talks for three hours about how he plans to do that. (laughs) Apparently... Apparently, uh, some Democrats are worried about his age. Yeah. Bernie Sanders is like, I agree, he's too young! He's too young, these whippersnappers! With the... Wearing sneakers and... (laughs) 
Remember, the authors of This Shall Not Pass, the big political book of the season, say that there is going to be an unleashing of attacks on Biden right after the election. So that's what they claim. So anyway, a couple yeah, of things. That for whole you. back and forth, the whispers are starting to be heard. Please, what is it with, the, with this society? He's crazy old he's seen now. He's not going to run again. I got a couple of things for you. I don't even know what this is. I don't, I, don't, I don't know where it came from, but I think it stands on its own. If you just won $30 million and your mom's left eye needed to be replaced for $29 million, what would you do? <laughs> and for whatever reason, the caption underneath it is, buy her a Lamborghini and an eye patch. Let's ride. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I don't know where that came from, why that was created, or what, but I found that funny. (laughs) Um, I don't know if you're you're not watching the NBA Finals at all. I don't know how entertaining this will be. Maybe you can get the gist of it somewhat, I guess. There's this guy known as Fake Clay Thompson. He's one of the biggest (laughs) stars. Uh, Clay Thompson is one of the biggest stars on the Warrior, guaranteed Hall of Famer, very famous basketball player, where there's a guy that looks kind of like him who's known as fake Clay Thompson, who's become a thing in the San Francisco area, and he poses for pictures outside the stadium and goes to restaurants and all kinds of stuff like that. He looks kind of like Clay Thompson. Wow. As Steve Kerr said once, like if Clay Thompson ate a lot of hamburgers for a long time, because he's a little heavier. But anyway, so he's fat Clay Thompson. So this hasn't been nailed down yet, but he put out a video yesterday that would indicate, and he posted, and this is coming from SF Gate, so this is a real news source. Fake Clay Thompson got through five layers of Warriors security at the arena last night and shot around on the court for 10 minutes before getting caught. Now, wow. is that possible? He put out a video that would appear to show him shooting baskets before the game and, and like, you know, long before the game, not in like warm up where I think fans would say, hey, you're like a foot shorter, but I mean, you know, really early. But he got yeah. through security and was doing some shoot around before the before the game started. Fake Clay Thompson kicked out and he's been banned from the arena, they say. Oh, he overplayed his hand. I don't know. That's pretty cool. I wish I kind of looked like an NBA star. I'd try to do all kinds of things. <laughs> Clay Thompson, if he ate a lot of hamburgers. <laughs> That's the diplomatic. <laughs> oh, oh, God, that's really funny. Uh, he's been banned from the Chase Center, they claim. He's been the topic of conversation during ESPN broadcasts. Um, it has been brought up in post-game conferences. <laughs> oh, here's here's the quote from Steve Kerr, Steve Kerr, the coach of the Golden State Warriors. I turned around, and I was like, Clay, did you eat a few extra burgers? Because <laughs> 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 somehow he got behind Steve Kerr. Oh, my wow. God. So if you look wow. kind of like a celebrity of any kind, work it for you. I got a friend who kind of looks like Jay Leno. And uh, I think, was it Jay Leno? I think it was. It was a couple of different celebrities that he looks a little bit like. And one time, he was at a concert, and somebody said, oh, hey, Mr. Leno, uh, would you like to move up front? And he just pulled down his ball cap a little bit. Uh, yeah, sure. And they moved him up to the front row of this outdoor concert. Wow. Because security thought they'd spotted a giant celebrity who was, like, in the cheap seats. Yeah, yeah, why don't you move me up? (laughs) (laughs) So if you kind of look like any celebrity, work it to your advantage. Wow. But again, I I feel like he overplayed his hand. I mean, he got to shoot around for a little bit, but he could have parlayed that fake Clay Thompson thing, you know, courtside for years. I don't know. For what? I don't know exactly. I don't know if that works on girls or not. 
You know, I, I was uh, accidentally viewing some of the game yesterday, even though the NBA is dead to me, and I could not help but notice how racist the NBA is. I mean, disparate impact. That's the legal doctrine that says if there is a different impact on different racial groups, that is proof of racism. That's the whole critical race theory thing. Well, there were 10 African-American men or African-French or African-wherever they are from. There are 10 black men on the floor. How can that possibly be anything but racism against white people? Don't even get me started about Hispanic people. We should touch on Ukraine at some point. Uh, New York Post editorial board with uh, the battle for Donbass could prove decisive in the Ukraine war and the Ukrainians are losing it. And also the headline, Russia likely to capture Ukraine's Luhansk region within weeks, according to U.S. officials. Things are not going well and the world is not paying attention anymore. Yeah, I understand the Russians just took out the last bridge to Severodonetsk uh, that the Ukrainians used to resupply themselves. So this could be another one of those grinding, uh, hold up, holding out situations, much like uh, Mariupol. This headline yesterday, I have no idea if it's true or not. Fox News host Sean Hannity pitched a last minute pardon for Hunter Biden to Trump. An attempt to ease the fallout from the Capitol riot, a new report says. Um, I saw that headline and had the same reaction I, I'm having right now. Uh, wait, what? I guess the idea was the, the, the Democrats were really mad at Trump after the Capitol riot, so Trump would pardon Hunter to make Biden happy? And I don't know. Pardon him for showing his schwanz in a drug video, or yeah, what, what is he specifically? Being preemptively pardoned from any crimes? And Sean Hannity thought that was a good enough idea and pitched it to Trump, according to this news report. I don't, I don't know if I believe any of that. But. Armstrong and Getty. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your your perfect home sweet home.